everyone, this is Brian Zane, the host of Wrestling With Regret on YouTube, and you're listening to the Atomic Podcast. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast, and here is your host of the show, Efren Guzman. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast, coming to you live from Twin Lakes, Wisconsin, where I blow up the news on a verbal scale. I am your host, Efren Guzman. My guest today, he's a wrestling personality, and he is also the host of the YouTube show, Wrestling With Regret, Mr. Brian Zane. Brian, what's going on? It's going good, Efren. Thanks for having me. That was a very uh, classy intro you had there. Yeah, it's not. I was trying to do Howard Finkel um, um, mixed with a little bit of Mel Phillips, but ugh, I think I kind of butchered it. So I just did my own little shtick right there. Well, if you want Howard Finkel, you'd be going, Man, Zane! <laughs> <laughs> like going to the falsetto and just, yeah. Yeah, right. He has that, like, yeah, he does have that falsetto voice. Oh, I, I don't know. He And he always sounds the same. I, I think people actually hired him for weddings, too, if I'm correct. I'm not sure. Cause I think I've seen him do, like, a wedding for, like, some people. He'd be the best wedding official. I now pronounce you husband and wife. Right. You you may kiss the groom or the bride, whichever whatever rocks your boat. It's 2018. We don't touch. <laughs> Man, so how you doing? Everything is good by your neck of the woods. Yeah, things are going great with the channel and everything, and uh, I'm I'm always working, you know. I and that's you know kind of like by my own choice. I. I I always find myself adding more and more work to my schedule, and I always question why afterward. But um, you know, it's fun. It's I think that's just the way YouTube kind of works. People demand more content and uh, different kinds of content, mm-hmm. and so that's what I'm trying to do: is just meet that demand. Yeah, you know, it's always supply and demand, supply and demand, and you know, there's a lot of personalities on YouTube. You know, from wrestling to movie pundits to you know, to you know, shows that ten facts about movies that you didn't know, and there's so much content there, and there's always like there's always something for everybody there. Your show, Wrestling with Regret, you know, I think I kind of found it by accident, to be honest with you. Like, um, I think I was just watching, like, you know, like, you know, because at that time I didn't, have, you know, um, I wasn't really watching the network, so like, you know, they would put like network things on YouTube, and then by chance, I was, I, it was something about like the Ultimate Warrior I was watching. I was like, oh shit, this guy is funny, and I was just watching it, and I didn't really re- realize you had so much content. Content, man it's like whoa man like this is like you know there's there's there you review on um, videos you you know talk about like the history of wwe there's some wcw stuff aspect to it um and you could you know you could tell you're a wrestling fan but um how much time do you have in a day man like how did this all start for you <laughs> well you know it's weird because when I first started, I had like more time but less time because when I first started, I didn't have any kids, so I, you know, a lot of my free time wasn't taken up taking care of the kids. But also, I, I had a day job then, so I had to like balance my time. And when I first started, it was more of a hobby. It was just something I wanted to try. Mm-hmm just to see if I could, because my whole reasoning behind starting the show was doing, um, you know, it was being a fan of shows like Nostalgia Critic and Angry Video Game Nerd and Dawn in the Shadows and stuff, but then realizing there wasn't anything out there in that kind of genre of review series, but about wrestling. So I kind of wanted to fill that void, and um, that was the whole reasoning behind it. And then what started out as just kind of a little side thing to, to pop my friends and get them to laugh, 
years ago. Like, it took me two years to get a thousand subscribers, and then like in the next six months, I got to a hundred thousand. So uh, it's crazy how things have changed. And now, like, I'm on the precipice of two hundred thousand uh, at this point in time, at the time of this recording. So um, yeah, it's. Uh, it's been crazy. And, you know, it's like now I have a little, it's like now that this is my full-time job, I am able to devote more, you know, pure hours to it. Uh, it's mostly an eight to five job for me now. And mm-hmm. sometime on the week, on the evenings and weekends too, depending on you know, what the demand is, that sort of thing. When I have free time, my wife always makes fun of me. She always kind of see me like sneak off with this little pietismo violence dun, 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 into the <laughs> office so I can do a little more work on my, uh, my channel. <laughs> I don't like that too. Like I try to get away to do like my episodes and stuff like that. And sometimes it's kind of hard juggling family life and you know dinner time and spending time because you know like oh I got to get this out the way. I got to get this out the way. Um, how did you transition? You know, having this as your gig. Like you know, there's a lot of people who do it and they don't they they don't have you know any income from it. Like how 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 did you make that possible for yourself? It was just, you know, it was an accumulation of events that happened over time because, like I said, it took me two years to really start making money off this thing. Mm-hmm. And then after a few months, I really started realizing, oh, my gosh, I'm making like more money doing this now than I was at my day job. And I think that was kind of a – there's a few things that led to that because, like I said, I worked a long time and I kind of reached this tipping point and I started putting out a couple of videos that were really popular online, like my Cornette Gets It Wrong video. Yeah. And around the time, a very, a very popular top eight list of mine came out as well within like a week or two of each other. So like that helped. And also around the time, around the time I also signed with a multi-channel network, Screenwave Media. And I don't know what they do <laughs> to help you out, but it, I think it helped. Honestly, I think that they helped uh, improve my exposure. Uh, because within a month after I signed, you know, and that all those other things happened, and then all of a sudden it started snowballing. And so, after another year and a half or so of of good of good numbers, I said to myself, you know, it's like, and then things were getting to the point where, well, I need to really focus on one or the other. You know, like I was so strapped for time. And another kid was on the way. I thought, well, you know, I have to pick one: either my day job, which isn't pay, which is not paying me as much, or my YouTube channel, which is paying me better. Or you know, after after expenses and everything, it'll be kind of a wash, or it'll be a little bit better actually. And so um, that's kind of how I made that choice. So yeah, uh, August of 2016 was when I uh, made the leap, and uh, it's been it's been a really fun time. Wow, that's awesome, man. And um, being a wrestling fan, as you can tell you are in your videos, um, what was the match or how did you – did you find wrestling by accident and you became a fan? Because I remember – I think I was like – I forgot how old I was exactly, but I think my first exposure to wrestling was seeing something on Wrestling Superstars where it was like the Hulk Hogan and the Iron Sheik. And at that time, I had an Iron Sheik toy not knowing that Iron Sheik was a wrestler, and I just saw him on TV, and I automatically assumed he was the good guy. I didn't really know about Hulk Hogan I just because I had an Iron Sheik toy. I was like, oh, my God, he's on TV. you know. And then from there, I guess you know I – Kind of learned about wrestling and then figured it out. Um, what was what was the point for you where you knew you was a fan? Well, actually, you know my my uh, my turning point for me as a wrestling fan was in like ninety. It had been ninety eight because it was um, a friend of mine back in middle school had borrowed had rented. WCW versus NWO World Tour for the N sixty four, and um, it was weird because neither of us really knew much about wrestling. 
um, especially me. You know, I was like, I kind of like, I remember when I was a kid, I'd like flip the channel over and find wrestling and be interested, but my parents always kind of shut that down. <laughs> and then, um, so I was like, I was like 13, 12 or 13 when this, by, by this point, um, we rented this game, we just played it all weekend and it was very addicting. And so I thought, well, I, I have to learn more about who these people are. I was disappointed that there was no, you know, uh, Black Ninja or Powder Keg or whatever <laughs> in WCW, but that's the first show I started watching was WCW. And I was also just, I was also disappointed to find out that, that Wrath and Glacier weren't as big a deals in the real life as they were in the game. But it was um, that was kind of my, my my entry point into pro wrestling was video games. That's how I got into football too. Later in life was like I started playing Madden, and then I wanted to you know learn more about football. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how it began for me. So it happened like right when you know business for for wrestling in general was getting really good uh and so yeah i'm kind of a, a product of the attitude era that was like the, the, the my favorite time to watch as a fan is because that was like has the most emotional and nostalgic connection to me yeah i know wrestling video games were really big and you know i i'm surprised you didn't say i'm um, aki man remember from i think the nwo wcw revenge oh yeah yeah <laughs> aki man thq man yeah. right yeah yeah, and then, you know, at that time, I'm saying the wrestling games at that time for, like, the 64 version were awesome. And if you had the Game Shark, you had the New Japan Pro Wrestling, the whole Jap- the whole game was in Japanese. But then, you know, you could go on, you know, I think at that time, yeah, you could go online and get the translation and everything. But the gameplay was so superb compared to now where it's, like, so many controls and haven't even played a... I don't know. I haven't even played a. I'm still stuck in the old systems from the 64 and PlayStation. And Here Comes the Pain was like an excellent game. But you know the wrestling games now are like are are insane now. Um, you know, so playing the games, playing like uh, WCW. I'm sure you played uh, WrestleMania 2000 and right 64 uh-huh. and all that. Um, who was your favorite character to play with? Did you have any particular guy? I, you- I had I had a very long standing tradition for many many years uh, up until recently where. The first uh, character I played as in every game I bought, every time I did, like a, you know, popped in the game, and the first game I played um, would be like a match with Kane. Like he was always my first guy to play as because Kane was my favorite guy at the time. Yeah. Um, so you know, Kane was always a good guy to play as. Um, you know, I'm trying to think, like other. I'm trying to think who about my favorite guy, No Mercy, was for example. I guess it had to have been, you know, probably Kane or, like, The Rock or something like that. Those are usually my favorite guys. And then there's, like, some other hidden gems, you know, in that. Like, Eddie Guerrero was also a good character. Kurt Angle, another great character on No Mercy. Um, As far as, you know, once the systems got, you know, once it went a little further in the timeline, Brock Lesnar was always a favorite of mine because he's so dominant, such a beast. So those are kind of my guys. The the power move guys are the ones that I always kind of gravitate toward when when I play wrestling games. Okay, and then um, going to your um, your show, Wrestling with Regret, what was the first episode you put on? And um, compared to the first episode to now, how much have you changed, you know, what, you know how much have you changed, like, you know, um, com- computer-wise, wrestling-wise, like, how, how much difference is from your first episode to your recent episode? Oh, well, it's like night and day. I can't even watch my old stuff from, you know, <laughs> four or five years ago because it's so, you know, Comparatively speaking, it's just so bad compared to my new stuff because I feel like at that time I'd grown so much and changed as a writer and as someone with a better – I think I have a better sense of comedic timing now um, 
and just like my jokes and my pacing, keeping things tighter and you know, not, ra- not not going off on these random tangents and like kind of keeping things succinct. Um, production value wise, I got a better camera and better uh, microphone system. And you know, I've always had experience with video production. That's kind of one of the reasons I want to get into it because I knew I could do it you know, from, from a technical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Uh, you know, I've got, you know, and my day job at the time was in a very similar field. So I was always kind of practicing and keeping my, my skills sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, my, my production value got better. My writing got better. Um, I changed sets, you know, because I went from you know, one house to another. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, have a, I have a green screen in my home now. I used to have to, you know, go to, when I was working, I was working at TV stations and they had green screens. So I had to sneak in and kind of do the green screen stuff there on the off hours now I can do whatever I want and so it's kind of cool like I have my little, little mini studio uh, in my garage and um, yeah things have changed so much uh, and yeah just my, my editing has gotten tighter and I've gotten better with graphics and stuff uh, yeah and the first episode by the way was my retrospective on Muhammad Hassan in WWE and so I don't know why I went with him as the first episode but like I think it was just a very interesting topic to talk about so, um, yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the evolution of my show has just, uh, it, it's, it's cool to look back and see like how far I've come, but I don't want to look back at that too long. Yeah. Um, is it fair to say, um, I, I could be wrong. Um, Jim Cornette kind of put you on the spotlight or you was already in the spotlight and that was just the icing on the cake or I think, like, you know, those, those other things that I mentioned that happened, the, the series of events that led to my channel blowing up, I think a big part of it, yeah, probably was Jim Cornette kind of putting his seal of approval on that parody I did of his. Cause you know, he tweeted it and said, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. And like, he, that, that's an amazing endorsement. I always looked up to Cornette as a manager character. Cause me personally, I work in the independent scene as a manager. And I always kind of looked to Cornette as one of my top influences. So, yeah, that was that was that was hard to concentrate on work the rest of the day because uh, again, that seen that tweet, and I think that same day, like Cole Cabana and like one of the Young Bucks also tweeted it out. So that was a big day for me. At the time, it was like my most successful video ever. And so, um, yeah, I think, and also getting another highlight for me was getting to work with Cornette, you know, face to face. I went to Louisville to shoot. Uh, something for with him as a cameo role, um, which is a really cool uh, little feather in my cap. It was a cool experience just to meet him and meet uh, Kenny Bolin as well, and uh, that was a really, really cool thing. But yeah, getting that getting that little rub from Cornette was awesome. Yeah, and oh, you had a great interview. There's a great interview with um, you and Cornette on on the channel on YouTube. You have a good interview mm-hmm. with him, and um, how is Kenny Bolin like? He's just you know I, I had him on my show as well. He just seems like a it's like a funny, like the way he is online is like the way he is when you talk to him. Like, is he that? Yeah, same <laughs> well, you know, my 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 experience of listening to Bull is very limited. Like, okay. I knew who he was, but I didn't really like listen to his podcast or hear his bits on Cornette's podcast. So it's like I was totally off guard. Like, I was not prepared for his you know level of sarcasm and his jokes and everything. And at one <laughs> at one point, we were having lunch together. And he kind of he he. Uh, he busted my balls because I he caught me on my phone for a minute because uh, I was texting my wife about something, and so uh, he busted my balls for being on the phone among uh, yeah in the presence of Cordette and Bolin. So <laughs> that that was that was kind of a moment I was kind of a little ashamed, a little embarrassed. But um, no, he's a funny guy. I didn't get when he was trying to sell me his his um, beats my Bolin. Yeah, I was like, oh. 
It's like, okay, whatever. Like, he, he didn't, I, he, he was, uh, I think, a little upset that I didn't get what he was doing. <laughs> so, <laughs> and my, my fault for not doing the research. But then again, I didn't study for Bowen. I studied for Cornette. So I didn't expect to meet Bowen that day. <laughs> <laughs> and how is Jim Cornette? Because, you know, you hear different stories about him. Like, seeing him online is like, what you see is what you get. And he's just pretty much blunt and straightforward. Um, pretty much. It's like, he's, he is, yeah. That's, that's the best way to describe him. He is how you see him online. Like, he turns it down a little bit when you have a kind of a regular conversation with him. Like, I was able to converse with him, and, you know, it didn't always turn into some rant about the Young Bucks or whoever. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's he's definitely a personality. I think when you've been in the business for as long as he has and, and, and done what he's done, like, that's kind of something that it's hard to turn that switch off, you know? Yeah. I don't know if Cornette... Yeah, I don't know if there is an off switch for him. I think this is how he always is. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And it's, it's kind of weird because you two are, like, so similar. It's like father and son almost. I don't know. It's just... <laughs> that's, a big, that's a big joke. Uh, <laughs> in fact, I bought a DVD set from his website a while ago, and he signed it. To Brian, I am not your father. <laughs> <laughs> so that was... Um, yeah, it's it's fun. I think it's... Just, I always got... You know, when I... When I started, especially early on managing, I got a lot of Cornette comparisons because I'm also, you know, a nerdy-looking white guy with glasses and brown hair, and I wore, you know, I didn't wear loud suits. I just wore, like, dress shirt and tie and slacks, yeah. but people always kind of make those comparisons, and so that's nothing I really had any control over. That's kind of, that's a big reason I kind of switched over to sweatsuits uh, mm-hmm. later in my managing career, was just to try and do what I could to stand out among the managers and try and not be compared to Jim Cornette so much. Yeah. Are you still um, working on the independent scenes? Absolutely. In fact, the next show I'm working is um, on March 17th in Daly City, California for All Pro Wrestling. And that's going to be a big show because there's going to be um, Tennille Dashwood, formerly known as Emma, is going to be part of that show. And so is uh, Swoggle. Uh, formerly Hornswoggle, and Jordan Devlin's making his U.S. debut that weekend. Uh, he's going to be part of the show, and Flip Gordon's going to be there. And uh, I'll be managing my team, the Classic Connection, against um, Cal Jack and the former Sawyer Fulton from NXT. He was one of the OG Sanity members, uh, yeah. Sawyer Fulton. Yeah. And uh, he's called Madman Fulton now. So, yeah, it's going to be a big show. And uh, you know, I've been trying to work where I can, when I can. Um, across, you know, Mostly APW right now is kind of my, my home fed. Uh, but I'm always, you know, I'm always trying to get my name out there elsewhere. Oh, so you manage the classic connection, right? Buddy Royal and... Um... And Levi Shapiro, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, okay, okay. They, I, I feature them on my channel a few times um, when I've been, you know, logging or vlogging, I should say, my, mm. my experiences working in the Cow Palace last year. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been great, you know, because there was a point in time where I wasn't really managing that much because I made the audacious decision to um, demand I only work for places that pay me. And... <laughs> uh, so for a while I wasn't managing, and uh, when I got yeah. back into it, you know, I started, you know, and I think I think this is gonna, it's kind of like maybe not a causation but correlation, but like when I when my channel started getting big and I started, uh, you know, uh, getting exposure, um, you know, I, I've been able to work out kind of like a nice little arrangement with all pro wrestling where it's like I can interview who I want stuff and like they use me on the show and it's been it's been very. Um, positive reciprocal relationship because i give apw a lot of exposure through my channel and uh, i get content from them so it's kind of a, a beautiful partnership oh okay yeah apw so like have you dealt with um 
Thunder Rosa, Holiday, and like the you know the Schwitzer sisters and everything. Yes, I, yes. I, I know who they are, and I, I've I've been in uh, I've been involved in matches with Thunder Rosa, okay. and, uh, and and they're both great, by the way. Um, I think uh, they're some of the best kind of unsung heroes of the, the female scene as of right now. They're kind of like on that precipice of being like mention the same breath as women like, you know, Jordan Grace yes. and Tessa Blanchard and Rachel Elring and all that stuff. So um, they're great. I, I have nothing but nice things to say about them. Yeah, I know. The, the independent scene is huge, and there's a lot of talent out there. There's so much talent that, you know, if you don't, like, follow the independent scene or follow different states where they have certain wrestlers at, it's hard to keep up. Um, do you keep up with other independent talents that are, like, in New York or Wisconsin or Chicago? Like... Well, now I kind of am because of, of a uh, as a byproduct of one of my one of the things I'm doing for my channel is my this week in independent wrestling feature that I do in conjunction with Powerbomb.tv and Suplex because um, that's helping educate me on a lot of people who are kind of like people to watch on the independent scene. Um, and doing this show, I've noticed, boy, like there's a, there's definitely like a core of people who kind of bounce around like all over the country, you know, doing these different shows. Like, Sammy Callahan's everywhere, Ethan Page is everywhere, the Carnies work a lot of places, uh, Keith Lee, uh, Zack Sabre Jr., like, so many people, there's, there's, you know, it's like, I think it's a good time for certain indie wrestlers, like, they do get a lot of work at different places, they get flown out everywhere. So, um, yeah, there's definitely, like, if you look at the whole scope, there's definitely a lot of, like, similarities, there's a lot of overlap in talent, but then, like, you get down to, like, the, the 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 into the micro sense you see all the different local talent that's there and they're coming up and they're trying to be that next you know you know Jake Christ and Sammy Callahan or whoever they're trying to like get that work they're trying to get around that's like I think that's the mark of a really uh, passionate wrestler people who try and put themselves out there and work everywhere they can I didn't have that kind of uh, passion when I first started I, pr- I, pr- I pretty much like stayed where I could like drive within a two or three hour radius like that was like kind of my my own undoing um but it's um, you know it, it that's just uh, that was my thing I have I I wish I could have applied myself better as a wrestler but I see the drive that these wrestlers today have and it's just it's incredible. For you to become a manager, you had to go to wrestling school as well, right? Well, yeah, I started out as a wrestler. I wrestled for a for a year before oh. I finally became a manager, and that was you know it wasn't very good. <laughs> uh, the, the less said about my wrestling career, the better. It was just an issue of um, me not again not applying myself um, mentally. I understood everything, like how to you know have a match and you know working and stuff, but physically, I just didn't have the coordination, and um, you know it got to the point where. Well, I'm getting kind of exposed as a not a great wrestler. So, it, you know, this promoter I was working for at the time in Oregon, he noticed I could talk pretty well. I had good promos. And so, well, you know, you can't really work, but you can talk. So you want to become a manager. And that was, yeah, a year into my time um, wrestling. So I said, yeah, I'll do it. You know, it's definitely, I think, when you move, when you make that transition, it definitely costs you bookings because the, the, the demand for managers is, is obscenely low. Um, but... I, I don't regret making that move because it certainly saved my body a lot of uh, pain and, and heartache, you know. And so, um, and it, you know, it is it has allowed me to spend more time with my family and people that I care about. Was your wife pissed when you was wrestling and getting hurt and coming home bruised up? Not really. Well, because at the time we were dating, but oh, okay. like, no, she got it. She understood it was a passion of mine, and you know, I, <laughs> um, yeah, she's been very supportive of me. So I, I it's never been an issue of that. 
Oh, okay. And you know how Paul Heyman said in his video, accentuate the positives, hide the negatives. The positives with you is you had a mouth and you knew how to speak and that transitioned you into becoming a manager, right? Exactly. Yeah. And that was a thing where talking has always been my strong suit. I've always been able to like, you know, cut a good promo and stuff. So uh, now I'm kind of applying that um, to, uh, you know, uh, to helping other people get over. Yeah. Um, so like for your character in wrestling, there's, there's, uh, is there, is it very expensive for you to get like the clothing that you have or is this clothing that you wear every day or? Well, no, I, I've got to, you know, through my show, I've been able to work on this partnership with the company that makes these sweatsuits. They're called Sweatsito at sweatsito.com. <laughs> uh, they are, um, they're great. You know, I, it's yeah. like, it's, it's kind of, it was kind of by accident because my, my wife at the time, my, my girlfriend, she got me my first sweatsuit, my, that white one as a gift. Mm-hmm. And, um, the story behind that is like, I started wearing it to shows and the booker that I worked with, like kind of poo pooed the idea is like, no, I want you to dress like this. Like, oh, okay. So I didn't get to wear it for a while. And so then when I moved and started working in California and Nevada, I said, well, why don't I bring it back? You know, I'm trying to start fresh. And so that's kind of how that began. And then like the more I started doing that, I started getting a couple more different colors and like the, the sweatsuits came before the show but like as i've been doing the show especially come wrestlemania time when i want to like get a new one for like wrestlemania season like the one that kind of has a matching color scheme yeah uh then i will um you know get a new one so now at this time i've got like seven or eight of them i have like one for every day of the week um and yeah and now it's kind of like it's kind of trickling its way down to my wrestlers because my the classic connection we debuted like a three person matching set of sweatsuits for uh, the first Cow Palace show we worked together. Uh, that was kind of that was our like, little WrestleMania moment was coming out on this big show with our matching outfits yeah. um, and being the envy of all basically yeah. with our with our coordinated look. That was a big big uh, big moment for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's, and we I have a deal with the company that makes them, so it's like I don't I don't buy them all that much, but when I do buy them, I buy them at cost. Yeah. Also, one thing the classic connection were the classic connection before the revival. I just want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I do believe they've been around longer than the revival. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know. What I'm saying if people don't follow the independent scenes, they won't know that. But the classic connection has always have that. You know, mentality of old school wrestling way before the revival. You know, it's, it's, it's such, it's sad because a lot of people, you know, just think of wrestling as just WWE and like WCW and ECW. And there's, there's, there's a lot of wrestling going on in the independent scene, you know, and it's very affordable to go to. So plug for independent, right. plug for independent wrestling for people to go check it out. <laughs> yes, much love to independent wrestling. Go, go seek it out. Yeah. Uh, Brian, what is your favorite food? Uh, burgers. That's another, that's another comparison. Oh, Cornette. I could, <laughs> yep, I, yeah, I could I could eat uh, I could eat cheeseburgers every day if they didn't have any like negative health benefits or negative health aspects. Yeah. I, could, I I could eat them every day. They're oh. that good. I never get tired of them. Are you not a fan of pizza or anything like that? Oh, I like it, but like burgers are good too. A choice, yeah, definitely. You know, cheeseburgers. Oh, um, what has been your biggest regret in life? Oh God, in life. Um, I don't know. I wish I wasn't such a creep in high school. <laughs> I wish I could have scaled that back a bit. Um, you know, and then, you know, again, with, with wrestling, I wish I had applied myself more as a performer. I wish I had, you know, been to the gym more. I wish I, uh, you know, um, wish I uh, 
applied myself more in the ring and just got like better with you know trying to be more coordinated and try and, and make those dates and try and work where I could you know and put in the miles um, you know it's something that I wish I could have done but at the same time I'm kind of like you know I, I'm I'm partly fine that I didn't because uh, you know um, again it's it's, it's it, I, what I what I value is is the time with with the people that that I care about. Yeah. Um, so far, you know, on, on the YouTube things, you know, there's a lot of. How do you get around like the copyright stuff, like the copyright issues? Like, how do you get around that? It's just something I've learned over time how to do because okay. you know, as the more I've done it, the more I've kind of learned about how the algorithms work and how you get dinged for copyright and what you can do to get around it. Um, I don't want to go into too much detail about it, but it's gotcha. it's you know, it's just something I've. I've learned over time how to how to correct and how to like preemptively get around. Um, it's weird because you know now that I've kind of mastered that issue, now the big issue with YouTube is like this whatever algorithm they have where it's like you'll automatically be demonetized for stupid reasons and like it has nothing to do. It's like you, it's like you're in the clear. There's nothing wrong with your videos. Just like that's kind of how they. Uh, they, how they how they track things where it's like oh your video is demonetized but you gotta like put it in for a review and then like he goes fine through review but why'd you do, why'd you automatically do this it's like that's the frustrating thing now about YouTube and it's like that's kind of a minor uh, hassle for me because I'm always able to usually like correct it but it's just you know there's always these different hoops YouTubers gotta jump through now it seems yeah. Um. For your Patreon page, um, does it suck sometimes because there's certain videos you don't want to see, but people want you to see it, or it's just like you don't really care. You just watch whatever. Yeah. Well, I think the biggest, um, the biggest thing for me with Patreon right now is people submit suggestions for pay per views, like old pay per views for me to review. And I don't think it's an issue of me not wanting to review them. It's just like I kind of want the theme to make sense like lately i've been just kind of sticking with like pay-per-views that happen around that time of the year like um you know uh, i did a bunch of royal rumbles on january i did a bunch of survivor series in november and stuff like that i did like a halloween havoc in october um you know i just try like like so i'm trying to bounce around i'm also like understand that there's some shows that have been on the list for a long time that i have to get to so that's the hard thing also it's like i don't have enough time to like do one every weekend i'm trying to do it every two to three weeks and um so yeah it's a, it's not an issue of not wanting to see it it's like i do want to get to it eventually it's just something that's like you know it's on the list and it'll get there it's never an issue of me like oh i don't i don't want to watch it um, what was your job before this, before doing this full-time? I worked uh, you know, I worked in television. I worked uh, making commercials. I worked in news. I did a lot of you know, video production and, and news production. That was kind of my thing for a long time. Mm-hmm. Is, was it hard to leave it, or you was happy leaving it? Um, you know, it's a good job. I, I yeah. enjoyed the work. Um, there's some aspects of it I didn't like with my last job. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You know that, but as far as the job itself, I enjoyed it, and uh, and there's some people I liked as well as some people I didn't like. Um, but that's kind of with every job, I guess. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it, it was an easy. It, it, it's a hard decision to make when you kind of go and make that leap from like being, you know, uh, to being your own boss. And so that was the hardest part about it was just kind of the nerves. But I've been doing it for more than a year now, and uh, you know I'm feeling good about it. Um, some of the some of the business aspects of everything, like how taxes work, I'm still trying to figure out. But beyond that, it's um, 
you know, it's definitely been a, a rewarding experience. How about like medical insurance and stuff like that? Like, how do you like, how do you like have insurance? Oh, they screwed me over with, well, I mean, you know, you can get private insurance. Oh, okay. That's still a thing. But like then this past, you know, at the turn of the year, my insurance company uh, dumped me because they're leaving the state. And so now I'm on my wife's, and it's, it's stupid. <laughs> now, I was mad when they when they did that, when they dumped me. Like, it was like, it was dumb. I couldn't, I couldn't find a comparable plan on my own. Uh, so health insurance, yeah, I mean, that's, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. you know, that's, that's for another podcast. <laughs> no problem, no problem. Um, um, now going like into wrestling, um, is the, you know, um, is there a particular promotion that you like better than the other? Are you a big fan of WWE like to the fullest, or you was a WCW guy or ECW TNA guy? Like, is WWE your your preference? Well, I mean, it's like it's the one I watch the most. Okay, but I think it's just because it's the easiest one to follow because that has the biggest market share and all this stuff so it's like it's it's you know not like oh my god i love WWE. i like it but i'm not like in love with it like i was at the beginning i think that just comes with like with the more i watch it and you know it's like it's you know it has moments you know but i don't i don't um you know i, I don't have time to watch as a like tna and ring of honor and new japan all that much like again with my with my obligations with my family and the amount of time I have in the day it's like i can only really watch certain things and so by default WWE, I guess, is my favorite promotion. This is the one I watch and follow and talk about the most. Yeah. Um. As as a wrestler, did you have like a particular diet? Like, was you like? Yeah. How did you say you didn't really hit the gym that much or anything like that? But did you follow like a certain regimen or? Not really. Well, it's like no dieting. No, I was bad at that. I'm better <laughs> now. I, in my older years, dieting than I was then. I mean, because I, I at the time I hit the gym a lot too, so I yeah. was like lifting weights, and so I was just you know I was muscular. I had more muscle, but I also had like you know fat on me. And you can watch my old videos and see. But I was getting up to about one ninety one ninety five was my wrestling weight, and um, you know I was not in tremendous shape. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, dieting is it, it's always been kind of a an issue with me because again favorite food cheeseburgers so it's hard <laughs> to stay away from that um on your youtube show wrestling with regret is there any dream wrestler you would love to have on your program like just calling a, a match with you or just interviewing somebody is there a particular person would you would love to have have on your couch next to you not not really i mean there's no one i actively like seek out or help there's no real dream person i want to talk to but like i i one thing i'd like my channel to be is kind of a place where wrestlers and people in the business can come to to branch out from what they normally do kind of like how you know i I compare this to when you see cameo appearances in snl or you see guest stars there the hosts doing sketches that you know they um don't often doing characters they don't often do that's kind of what i want to see wrestlers do on my channel because i mean a couple years ago i had tyrus uh, brodus clay on my channel and he was basically the same character but it's like he was doing this thing where it's like you know he doesn't he, you know he's uh, in a format he's not normally accustomed to yeah. and that was really cool for me that was like you know for a time that was one of my favorite episodes for having the tyrus cameo um you know and 
also, when I did my Million Dollar Tough Enough review, I had Brian Danovich, who is the f- famously known as the guy who tore his peck during tryouts and, and got signed. Yeah. Um, and the more I got to know him and work with him, it's like, I think, and I had the cameo I had for him, where he was kind of like playing this role of someone who is perpetually hurt. That's actually kind of like, it, it was art imitating life, because that's the story. He, he, he was very injury prone when he was working for, for uh, OVW and stuff. Yeah. But... I think once I convinced him to um, embrace that and kind of like make fun of it, like I think that really changed his outlook. He's told me frequently uh, in our conversations how much he enjoyed doing that role because it really kind of helped him kind of get over it and not be so upset about it because now it's like something kind of look back at, you know, it's like, hey, you know, this happened, but like let's have, let's, let's have some fun with it. Yeah. Um, any, um, do you have any episodes in the work for Wrestling with Regret that you could talk about? Anything upcoming or down the line? Well, you know, I always have, like, a, 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 a ledger full of, like, episodes I want to do. Okay. I'm always trying to work far ahead, as far ahead as I can. Um, you know, uh, right now, you know, this week I've adver- I, I'm advertising for my Patreon backers that for five, you know, for the five dollar level you can get early access. For, first of all, for the five dollar level you can get early access to all my Thursday videos. Uh, those are the big ones. And this week I'm doing a retrospective on the Insane Clown Posse through the years in the main wrestling organizations. Um, so that's coming up soon. And also I'm doing a review on like wrestling hygiene products over the years, like shampoos and soaps <laughs> and stuff. It's you know. It, wow. it's, it's one of those things you have to watch to really understand. And then, you know, I'll be doing some more, like, commer- I'll, be, I'll be talking about more wrestling commercials in the future. I got some more WrestleMania-themed th- things coming up in March and April. Um, you know, and some more movies that are uh, that I'm kind of looking into, like WrestleManiac with Rey Mysterio Sr. and yeah. uh, The Naked Man, starring Michael Rapaport as a chiropractor by day, wrestler by night. And so <laughs> I got a lot of things kind of like per- cooking and percolating that I wanted to, to cover. But that's, you know, I, I only look for, I, you know, it's like I've got all these different topics, but in all honesty, it's like I'm kind of like only about a month out, a month ahead, looking a month ahead. Oh, that's so awesome. Definitely going to look forward to watching that. That's going to be so awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, my final question for you, Brian, is what would the Brian Zane of today tell the Brian Zane of yesterday? Uh, you know, just stay calm and, and keep on going, keep on working, keep on plugging away. And eventually, you know, uh, things will work themselves out. You don't think you would have told yourself, get ready, kid, because you're going to talk to Jim Cornette in a few years. <laughs> um, no, I would keep things pretty generic. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't want to get too specific. Uh, yeah, you don't want to spoil, the, the, you know, you don't want to mess up the timeline, you know, definitely. Right. Don't want to create a paradox. Uh, Brian, um, plug your social media again. Plug any upcoming, um, your upcoming events that you have coming up. Yeah, like I mentioned, you know, March 17th in Daly City, I'm uh, going to be at All Pro Wrestling's Kick Rocks event, and um, then I'll be at, uh, in New Orleans, WrestleMania weekend, I'll be at WrestleCon at the Sheraton New Orleans, and I'll be there all three days. I'll be sharing a table with Kayfabe News, which for those of you who aren't familiar is kind of like the onion of wrestling, yeah. and uh, we'll be sharing a table together. We'll be selling our merch and stuff. You can meet us and take pictures and all that. Um, trying to find work uh, that weekend as well at shows. That's still in the process. And once that happens, if, if that happens, I'll let people know. But right now, I'm just focusing on you know, WrestleCon and going to WrestleMania. That'll be a fun time. And yeah, for social media, uh, Facebook.com slash Wrestling with Regret with a W at the beginning before the R of Regret. 
And uh, my Twitter is at Z-Man Brian Zane. Oh, awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, Wrestling Regret host Brian Zane, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Thank you. And I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of old devices. Have a good one, folks.